Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel according to St. Luke, 18, verses 9 through 14. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. They went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogue, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. The tax collector standing far off will not even look up to heaven, beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. The word of God for the God. Thanks be to God. Have you ever taken a personality test? Anybody for the job? Have you? Have you taken the Myers-Briggs? Anybody taken the Myers-Briggs? Remember your letters? Oh, I remember mine. E-N-F-P. That's what I am. E-N-F-P. Extrovert. Intuitive. What is T? Thinking? I'm a thinking person. Uh, feeling. Feeling. But then I read about like what ENFP were, and they were sort of free spirits. Um, I don't know that if I liked it a whole lot, maybe like the party, but be taken seriously. And uh, it didn't sound like ENFPs were very serious people. And then I got into the Enneagram. Anybody take the Enneagram? That's where I found myself. I, I found my, my seriousness in that. I have a three, a three, which is, and you'll this. You'll be impressed, I'm sure. I'm a high achiever. Isn't that good? And this is the definition in case you need the success-oriented, pragmatic type, excelling, driven, and image. Isn't that, doesn't that sound impressive? Now, I could have been a reformer, a helper, or an individualist, or an investigator, or a loyalist, um, or enthusiast, or child, or peacemaker, but I, lo and behold, your pastor, high achiever. Too bad we're not taking personal tests today. We're in worship, church. And if you know almost anything about Jesus, you probably know that he had the most stress with achievers, those who were intellectually or morally better than most. It wasn't so. I wish it weren't so, but it is. Two people went to the temple to pray. One, a pious, devout, religious person. The Pharisee prayed himself, God, I'm so thankful I'm not like those adulterers, uh, uh, extorters, and cheaters. Or I'm so glad I'm that guy over there. The tax collector. And then the tax collector, he hardly knew way. He was cowered in the corner and he beat his chest, belted out. The only words he knew, not the greatest prayer in the world, but in honor. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Two people were in church on Sunday. One, a lifetime member of church a frequent teacher of the Bible, a, a member of boards, and he prayed, God, I thank you that my parents brought me to church, taught me the Bible as a youth, planted in my heart a love for the church, strong commitment to do your will. I get 10% off the top here each month at the animal shelter and tutor kids at the school and never drink to excess. Amen. Another man sitting way in the back of the church, in the corner of the church, said, God, I'm lost. I don't know what to say. Help me. 
And that's what he could say. He gambled away his life. He drank through the marriages. And he came to church after a long hiatus at resort. He was lousy at prayer. These two men went home after church. And the first man went and said, Well, I found a couple of errors in the bulletin. And uh, the preacher didn't preach that great of a sermon. And the music wasn't all that good. But I'll give church another try. But the second one, stunned in his seat... For he heard the good news, and all he could say was, I am loved. Who left church that day unburdened? Today's parable is a familiar one. I know you've heard it before, but be with familiar parables. Parables are two types. Some are clear example stories Jesus, Jesus told about us. They're parables of action, what we should do. See the parable before this one that Jesus told about the a distant or tenacious widow and the crooked judge. This was told so that you might pray fervently, persevere in prayer. Do this and you'll get that. But many of Jesus' stories that he told don't function at all. They don't urge us to do anything. This parable is not an example about how we're to behave, rather a depiction about how God behaves. People come to Parkway Heights worship hoping to be justified by God, to be brought close to God, set right with God. Don't watch what they do. Watch what God does. And God does something nobody expects God to do. God blesses the example of a life. God pours down His mercy on the bad apple, not the caramel-covered apple that looks perfect outside. God goes with the one who is rotten to the core. Earlier this week when I was preparing this, I had to turn in my sermon title, and I wish I hadn't. The title is How Not to Pay. But I realized that was a poor choice. I would have changed it if I had known the direction I was going. Because this is not about prayer technique. If God had a certain prayer technique, we would be serving an impoverished, uh, not the one that we read about. Certainly, of course, please refrain from praying like the fairy. Not real good practice. But how in the world copy a prayer like the tax collector? No, don't watch the people. Watch God. People show up to worship. and God justified one and not the other. I don't know. One is virtuous, one is arrogant, the other is desperate. But neither of them sound like very good candidates to be disciples. Neither look all that good, so it's a mystery to me. It's not, if it's about what two people do, do with God's favor, the parable, you see, becomes a trap. If we go home today and say, God, I am so thankful that I don't put the Pharisee. Congratulations, you've just become a Pharisee. I'm glad I don't, I'm not Eric Gray. Well, congratulations. But that's not where we're going. It would be silly for me to stand up here and say, all right, let's get on with it. Be more humble. That's the message. What will... That won't win God over. That's conventional wisdom. Do this and you'll get that. It's what most people think and it's wrong according to Jesus. God is not our project. Religion as type 3 high achievement on Enneagram won't get you far for the kingdom. We know that story already. Have you ever tried to be humble? Humility is one you cannot achieve. When it comes to being humble, either you are or you aren't. You know, humility means close to the ground. It means laying low. The taxman was not trying to be humble in Jesus' trouble. He was humble. He wasn't acting like he didn't pray. He did not know what to pray. 
He was down. He worked with the Roman government and frauded God's own people every single day. He wasn't trying to act like he didn't know what to do in church. He didn't know what to do in church. Do you high achievers know what that's like? Do you know what it's not to be able to get yourself cleaned up for church? You show up broken, all you can do, it's all you can do just to hide. Some Sundays, everybody else looks so buttoned up and put it together. And you walk in here and you feel lost in the sea of high and wonder why you can't be a better mom or a husband or a major or a Christian. Have you ever felt that way? You've been alone in the sea of people right here and didn't know what to, how to pray? You're beaten down. Humble. And the good news is that's what meets us and blesses us. That's the gospel of this. Maybe when you're on top of the world and everything's going your way and all your ducks are in a row and you walk in here, maybe God can't do a whole lot for you. After Jesus said, I've come to seek the lost, not the found. Only this need a doctor, not those who are well. If you're well, says Jesus, that's your own reward. But when you are humble, unsafe, confused, worn out, burned out, and when you're last, then hold out your empty hands and parched soul to a loving and gracious and graceful God. Around here we call that grace. God's unmerited grace. Don't worry about what you should say or how you should act. Let God act for you. It's not about what you say to God. It's about what God says to you. Not about what you should do for God, but what God does for you. We type three achievers don't love this story very much. We keep thinking we can do something to earn God's favor. This for that. But that's not how God works. And that's not grace. It's a cheap tourist trip to temple. Jesus didn't say, I've gathered my type three Enneagram high achievers. He said, I've gathered the sick. They are confused. Those who sometimes walk in here don't know what to pray and don't know how to pray. If that's ever you, then this is very, very good news. After I returned from Honduras a couple years ago, and I'm going this year, I want you to consider going with me. We're going to go down there and help a bunch of amazing people uh, give medical treatment, uh, vacation Bible school. It's an amazing experience, experience, a community, and it will revive your soul. But I tell you, there were times when I felt very alone on my Honduras trip. Since my Spanish is so horrible, there were times when I felt out of the loop because I was the only one to know what anybody was saying. It felt like everyone was talking past me sharing funny stuff and making points that I understand. And that at times, I really did feel fish water. I shared that with one of you and you told me exactly how I feel at church every Sunday. It's like I'm the only one that doesn't get it sometimes. Everybody understands it except me. You told me I'm an addict and I have a hard time sometimes connecting. And yet Jesus said, to that woman, to all of us. You are the, exactly the one I've come for. I can do more through you than I can do through a thousand well-adjusted people whom all they can think of all the great things they've done. Take my hand, sister. I've experienced, and you may, I know have too, but a much too early death of one of my cousins. <clears throat> Two. I was very close to both of them, and when one of my cousins... Uh, died. Um, we remembered at his funeral this amazing person, but we also did. He struggled with much. 
after his funeral, finally did what we do in good times and bad times. We party. We threw a party at my grandparents' house on Storm Avenue. We gathered in the carport at Nanny and Big Daddy's old house, and we laughed, all of us, cousins and uncles, shared stories. We cried a little. We shared a lot. But I walked into the kitchen for a little bit more barbecue. And Collins, the little brother of the one who passed away, a standout Navy guy, a rules follower, the life of the party, he couldn't make himself join us. He leaned up against the kitchen sink and stared at the floor. I'm hearing a ruckus outside, he told me. As angry as I've been at my brother for all that he did and didn't do. I feel like this is how he always felt, distant from group, not able to jump in. He'd been hard on his brother for all of his repeated mistakes. But on this night, he had no critique. He had no easy answers. He had no work. Just a great deal of sorrow. He looked and he finally felt a little of what his brother felt most of his life. And I thought to myself, two men went to the temple to pray. One who was sure of himself. The other wandered like a lost puppy with nothing to say. And the latter, not the former, says, was justified. God justified him who was broken and lost. He has ears. Let him hear. Amen. Will you pray with me? <clears throat> God, especially in those cases when we're struggling or having a hard time connecting, lift us up. Help us to be mindful of others who are struggling as well. For that is our call and our purpose. For we know that you have come to save the lost. Take us all and be with us all. In your name we pray. Amen. I invite us now to...